Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm back with another Ask Me Anything episode this week. So I'm doing this series. This is the second time I've done this series where I said, if you could go to coffee with me and just ask me anything about Girl Scouts or leading a troop, what would you want to know? And the whole point here is that I'm not spending a lot of time doing any kind of prep, any kind of research. I don't have any sources. This is all just off the cuff. This is my opinion, my experience, what I know, uh, and I'm just winging it um, just like I would if we were sitting together at coffee. So uh, if you want to ask me a question, you can do that either on Facebook, facebook.com slash Girl Scout Podcast, or you can send me an email, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. But for now, I'm pulling from some of the questions people have sent to me either in the fall when I did this the first time or recently in the Facebook group. I just posted that again this um, past month or so. Um, And so I've just been collecting questions, but always taking more questions and just trying to get to as many as I can. This question was asked in the Facebook group by Jennifer, and it's not really a question. It's like topic ideas. So I'm just going to read it the way that it is written, which is new leader support, comma, building community among service unit volunteers, comma, and building a service unit team. So (laughs) there's a lot going on here, Jennifer. Um, That's kind of (laughs) like that could kind of sum up like a year's worth of content for this podcast, I feel like. But Let's I'll do my best. Um, So when it comes to new leader support, because your other aspects of this question are about the service unit and service team, I'm thinking that you mean how we can as current leaders or current service unit volunteers, how can we support new leaders? And Well, this is just complicated, isn't it? I think um, one major thing is making sure that new leaders have a point of communication to ask questions and also that they get invited to leader meetings. There's only so much you can do as a volunteer. Some of that is going to have to come from council. Depending on your systems and processes in your council, you may not even know when a new leader registers in your area. So (laughs) that's just complicated, isn't it? So um, anyways, if we can get new leaders to leader meetings, that's like a big step forward. I think there's more to say about that, though, because once a new leader shows up to the leader meetings, the leader meetings need to accommodate new leaders, but they also need to accommodate veteran leaders. And by that, I mean, if the entire service unit meeting, which, by the way, if you're listening, did you know your service unit has monthly meetings? Do you even know what a service unit is? <laughs> So I've talked about it on this podcast before, but the service unit, generally speaking, is a term for kind of like your neighborhood in Girl Scouts. It is usually going to be like a fairly limited geographic area most of the time. Um, (laughs) Depends on your location and how rural of an area it is, I suppose. But it's a relatively limited geographic area. It could be based on cross streets. It could be based on school districts, but school districts are usually kind of based on cross streets or zip codes or whatever, something along those lines um, to kind of break down these like smaller areas within your council. And 
they are mostly run by a team of volunteers, which is called the service team, or in this question, the service unit team. Um, and <laughs> there's usually like an appointed staff person who kind of oversees like recruitment and membership engagement in that service unit. So you usually have a point person from the staff, the council staff for your service unit. Um, <laughs> but how cohesive that service unit is, how positive and uh, non-toxic that service team is, and how helpful or if you even know who your staff member is, is all going to vary totally by area. So different people are going to have different experiences even within the same service unit, but certainly not all service units are going to be created equal and some are going to be super healthy and robust and um, have tons of resources and some not so much so that's part of what i feel like jennifer is touching on here is like okay so we have a service unit how do we make it a healthy service unit and part of that is definitely supporting new troop leaders and encouraging retention among new leaders now part of this is what constitutes as a new leader what counts how long are you still considered new because certainly when you first sign up you're new maybe for the whole first year you're new but frankly in year two and three there's still like a lot of things you're learning and you could even go so far as to say every time your girls level up if you level up with them as a volunteer like i was a daisy leader now i'm a brownie leader now i'm a junior leader every time you're at a new level you can feel kind of new you feel in over your head like what the heck am i doing now you could be in your fifth year of leading Girl Scouts and saying, <laughs> okay, so what's a bronze award and where do I start, right? Um, but you've been around for five years. You're not a new leader, but like you still feel new. There's still so much to learn all the time, even if you've been involved for a really long time. So that's like the first thing is what constitutes as a new leader. But I'm going to say, generally speaking, I would say for me personally, I think a new leader is in years uh, zero to three, <laughs> If you're brand brand new all the way up to year three, I think that constitutes as a new leader. But like even more specifically than that, if I was thinking about a new leader support program of some kind, I would be looking at supporting leaders through their first year, volunteers for the, through their first year. And I think that making sure that they have somebody to connect with who they feel comfortable asking questions to is a big one. And then getting invited to leader meetings is another big one. Um, and then when they show up to the leader meeting, as I was just saying, if a brand new leader is there and you're uh, leading those meetings at a really high level, then um, you're using terms and abbreviations and referring to things that you're assuming everybody in the room knows. And that new troop leader is like, this is like a whole other language. I have no idea what's going on. I'm really intimidated and overwhelmed and I don't even know what to ask. And I feel stupid asking because there's an assumption that everybody in the room knows. Am I supposed to know? How come I don't know? Am I the only person in this room who doesn't know? I don't want to be that person that raises my hand asking every other sentence. Hey, what is that? mean so i think that there is something to be said for having an awareness of 
leading the meeting in a way that accommodates new troop leaders and makes space for them, kind of like I tried to do just now in this episode, actually, when I was like, hey, let's back up. Did you know leader meetings are even a thing? Do you know what a service unit is? If you are brand new to Girl Scouts, if you're finding this because you are getting ready to start a troop for the very first time and you have never been a volunteer for Girl Scouts, especially if you were never a girl member of Girl Scouts, this is all completely foreign to you. And this is like quite the episode to come in on as your very first episode ever. So (laughs) I would say that kind of trying to keep that in mind when you're communicating that there are people who (laughs) don't know what you're talking about. But with that being acknowledged, I also think it's important in those leader meetings not to spend so much time only accommodating new troop leaders, because I can tell you I had a really hard time dragging myself to those monthly meetings for the first like two years of being a troop leader, partially because they felt so long and so irrelevant to me. And I was like, I just want to keep moving forward. I just want to do what I do. So it has to be a balance. And one thing that I think you could do is have some kind of... (laughs) way to distinguish who is new and who is like a safe long-term volunteer to ask questions to. So if you can strategically position people to um, to be sitting near each other <laughs> so that they can ask questions. First of all, if possible, if you've got a bunch of new leaders, Put a new leader with other new leader, another new leader, so they don't feel like they're the only one who doesn't know what they're talking about. And then also put new leaders with veteran leaders so that they can lean over and be like, hey, this is what this means. Hey, this is what they're talking about. And that way they have that like built in kind of buddy where they're sitting during the meeting. Another option would be mentorship, like a formal mentorship program, Uh, formal or informal. I guess what I was kind of just describing would be like an informal thing. If there are people there who are willing to be like unofficial mentors, they could have some kind of like pin or ribbon that they wear that's like really glaring. Hey, if you're new, sit with me. Hey, if you're new, you can ask me anything. (laughs) Hey, if you're new, let's be buddies and I'm going to help you. You could also have people who are within their first year wear some kind of ribbon or sticker or something that also really designates like, hey, I'm new. Um, But I think that the new person would be more intimidated to wear something distinguishing like that or to like call themselves out that way. They'd probably prefer to try to fly under the radar. So I think it probably makes more sense to have that distinguishing feature be for people who are willing to be like buddies. Hey, if you're new, sit with me. So um, I love that. You could even make T-shirts, honestly, (laughs) for your service unit saying like whatever your service unit is called, right? Um, I was going to make up something, but all I could think of was like horror movie references and I don't know why. But um, like Whispering Willow, uh, if that's the name of your service unit, Whispering Willow, um, new leader buddy or leader buddy or mentor or whatever and then it says like if you're new sit with me (laughs) something like that on the shirt right that would actually be kind of cute and then at any meeting or service unit event those buddies could wear that shirt and they just like just like totally call themselves out as being a safe person i think that would be great um so idea for you (laughs) and then um 
I and I would be willing to do that, right? If I was sitting at a leader meeting, I would gladly. I'd be like, please, if you're new, sit with me. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then you could have people volunteer for that role or you could uh, tap people for that role. If you know there are people who'd be good at it, I would say both are probably valid, but I would specifically tap people who you know are going to be like really positive influences because we all know <laughs> if you've been around for a while you know there's some there's some thorns there's some thorns out there and that's not necessarily who we want to pair up our brand new leaders with so just my two cents uh other new leader support uh, definitely if you can have like resources or guides available for them that's going to help um helping them with whatever the training is in your area so get them on gs learn any other like training in-person training opportunities or anything like that in your council you could lead new leader trainings where you're going through the gs learn material but you're also there in person to like support each other you could have them do the gs learn material but you're also going to go through it in person so that they get credit for completing it in gs learn but then in person you're going to go through it again with like a personal spin on things uh you could also have new leader meetings so that's something that i do <laughs> is i've started doing that we've had two so far um we're calling them leader circle and we i'm inviting specifically new leaders like leaders in years zero to three to come and jump on and ask me literally any question um and nothing is a stupid question so everything from what the heck is a daisy or a brownie all the way to how do i manage troop funds how do i get a bank account where am i supposed to hold a troop meeting what supplies do i need where do i start like no question is too stupid right everything is welcome and we can talk about anything um so far we've talked about things like recruitment of girls recruitment of other volunteers we've talked about um high awards we've talked about all kinds of things so if you if you want to jump on for those uh i will be sharing in the facebook group but also to the email list about the upcoming leaders circles um i think i'm going to try to do them every other month actually for now and maybe we'll bump them up to monthly when school's back in session but i just feel like it's a little overkill um in the summer but we'll see so i love getting the facetime with you guys it's so fun and getting to actually meet you and talk to you is so fun and um but i think when i worked for my council we used to do them at the council shop we would hold new leaders circles we didn't call them that i think we called them like coffee chats so that's what i started calling the new leader circle the first time that i had it for uh, virtually for this podcast but we did it in person when I worked for my council 10 years ago um, at the council shop and we would we put a bunch of chairs in a circle and a bunch of new volunteers showed up with notebooks and they were like it was leading into cookie season and it was like hey any question you have about leading a troop or cookie season like let's talk about it if you're new let's go through all the things together and really spend the time on the basics and the fundamentals because um, cookie training might be overwhelming. Going to your leaders meetings might be your, your service unit meetings might be overwhelming because they're also speaking to people who have done this 5, 10, 15 years before. So let's start at the beginning, right? Okay. Um, all of these things would also help build community among your service unit volunteers. I think 
Some things I wish I had experienced at the service unit level, and I suggested them, but then, of course, um, the pandemic happened, and then I haven't really been as active. I've been more of like a behind-the-scenes support person for my service unit since then, but um, some other ways to build community, I would say give people in your service unit a chance to actually talk to each other. So showing up to a meeting, listening to all these different, like, people present through a meeting itinerary and then leaving, there's not a lot of chance to get to know each other. And I think giving people a chance to work together and collaborate, giving people at their tables a chance to share ideas, giving people a chance at their tables to um, to talk about what they're proud of, <laughs> to ask questions. And I think as simple as giving people a chance to do like a check-in and um, talking about their, you know, something they're proud of, something they're struggling with, something they're working on right now. Um, there could be a prompt, a conversation point each time, or it could be the same thing each time, like talk about, you know, uh, in my sorority, we used to do this thing, Rosebud Thorn. So Rose is something that you're really happy about, but is something that you're looking forward to. And then Thorn is something that is hard. Um, with my friend group, we do that when we haven't seen each other for a while, but we start with Thorn because we don't want to end on something negative. So we start with the Thorn and we work our way backwards or we'll do thorn rose bud or thorn bud rose and then that way it just sort of like we end on something happy or something we're looking forward to but you could even adapt it to do like a thorn um of something that's hard or that you need help with you could do a rose that's something that you're really proud of or you're really happy about and then um bud could be something you're working on um, as opposed to something you're excited about, or it could be either <laughs> something you're working on or you're excited about. I always thought that that would be cool. Uh, in particular, I think an opportunity to shout out like things that we're proud of in the service unit would be a really great way for recognition to be more robust. It'd be a lot easier to recognize each other if we A, knew each other's names and troop numbers, and B, if we knew what the heck we were doing with our troops. Um, we know what we're doing with our own troops, but we don't know what anyone else in the service unit is doing. So I, I, th I think that would be good. Um, similarly, I think you could have like a, when I used to go to leaders meetings regularly, we would have like a sign in so that you'd get credit for going to the meeting. Um, we had like a gamification like point system. And <laughs> I think it would be pretty easy to just have almost like a suggestion box, except for instead of suggestions, if you put in there um, like bragging moments or proud moment, like a, a moment you're really proud of. And it could be like something tangible or measurable, but it could also just be like, hey, this girl who didn't talk for the first six months is talking now. And I'm so proud to see her come out of her shell and to see her growing. Um, and sharing those kind of stories in that way with the service unit, then the service unit has a ton of content to work with. They could recognize volunteers. They could read the stories out loud. They could put the stories on Facebook, you know, whatever. But that would also, I think, give you a lot of opportunities to work with to foster some community. Um, I think that 
some things that have been popular with other people but I didn't necessarily love would be adults only events. So uh, service units I've been a part of in the past would do adult only parties, um, usually like a holiday party and also an end of year party. I feel like those are the two like common ones I remember. Um, <laughs> first of all, I don't party. <laughs> just point blank. I'm just not a partier. But second of all, I didn't really know most of those people. So for me, it wasn't my idea of a good time. And in fact, oh, this is really embarrassing to admit because some people might be listening who are these people, but I didn't really know a lot of people and I didn't necessarily like the impression that I got of the people I didn't know. Um, I had trouble envisioning myself being friends with those people. And not all of them, right? There were definitely people in my service unit I'm I'm friends with actively, but there were also people I just thought like, I don't understand because we don't feel like the same kind of people. And I don't know if anybody else feels like this in Girl Scouts. It's like a vulnerable share. But part of the reason I want to say this is because if you do feel this way, you're not alone. And also, um, <laughs> if we're in the same council, because I know a lot of people uh, that listen to this are in Arizona. If you're in Arizona Cactus Pine, I'm not in Tucson. If you're not in Arizona Cactus Pine, or if you are, if you are in Arizona Cactus Pine and we're at the same event, like, let's hang out. Because I feel like the people I've met through this podcast, the people who have come on as guests, the people I communicate with in the Facebook group, like, I feel like you're my people. But when I go to events, sometimes I have trouble finding my people. Sometimes I I try to have conversations with people and I'm just like, oh, man, we are not cut from the same cloth. Like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you. So I'm trying, but like, I don't know that we're going to be like friends. Um, So I think that, first of all, I think getting to know people and having the opportunity to communicate and collaborate and to hear what they're doing with their troops, I think that would help me like them more and feel like I know them more. And then second of all, I think um, helping people find ways to get to know the other leaders. You might do some kind of leader spotlight in your area where you give a shout out to somebody and kind of share some things about them. It could be a mix of things about their troop, but also things about their personality. Like this is their favorite food. This is their favorite color. This is, um, their idea of a good time. I don't know, almost like dating app like that would help or like an employee spotlight or something that um would help us feel like, oh, I could see myself being friends with that person. I don't know. Anyways, I think that would be helpful. Uh, definitely, I think some mentorship programs would be helpful. And then as far as building a service team, so I feel like that could be a whole separate episode, but for the sake of trying to kind of wrap this up in the next 10 minutes or so, I feel like building a service team, if you already have people who are on the service team, <laughs> then Part of it is going to be making sure that those people are being utilized for their strengths and their interests. And part of that is going to be potentially expanding and adding new people or bringing new people on. If you don't have any interest or if you feel like it's pulling teeth to try to get people involved, then you have to find people who would want to be involved and you have to convince them to take on another role. <laughs> and um, 
I'm hesitating because I feel like in my experience, there's people who have been serving on service teams who have been part of them for like a million years and they're kind of resistant to change or innovation or anything new and they want to just keep doing things the way they've always been done. And it's kind of it's kind of a challenge. So I'm like hesitating. So I'm like, how, what can I say that's like um, easily wrap upable for the sake of this episode? And I think, um, I think my main thought here is that if you're really building community in your service unit in these other ways, then it would more easily lend itself to people wanting to be involved or wanting to be part of the service team. I also think a lot of volunteers don't know what service team positions are even available or how to get involved, so making sure you're communicating that. Um, Personally inviting people who you think would be a good fit to take on specific roles, I think that would be good. And part of that might be asking people (laughs) about themselves because you might not know all of the the adults in your area. So, again, a lot of these examples are coming back to the same thing, which is like we need to know each other better. But if there's a way to get to know like, hey, what do you do outside of Girl Scouts? Um, What's your idea of a good time? How do you like spending your time? What would you consider your hobbies? Like, do you think you're stronger with words or like the verbal thing or with numbers? Um, Do you have experience managing money? Do you have experience planning events? Do you have experience with communication? Do you, you know, like, what do you like and what are you good at? What are your skills, your interests, and your values? And if we collected that information and communicated with each other about those things more often, we would know more what we have to work with. (laughs) I think that would help a lot. So, I think I'm going to leave that there (laughs) Um, because there's a lot of other tangents and a lot of other directions we could go in as far as like, how do you get people to leave who need to move on? How do you uh, get the old guard and the new guard to be able to collaborate well on a service team? What's the service team even supposed to do? (laughs) Like, what are we meant to do? Um, what's the point? What's the purpose? What are they supposed to accomplish? Uh, there's like a lot of directions we could go there and that's a whole other can of worms. So, um, but that's kind of my thoughts about fostering that community for both new leaders and, um, I don't know, existing leaders in your area to, uh, support new leaders and also to foster that community in your service unit, which ultimately is going to lead to a more robust service team. So hopefully that's helpful. And uh, thank you, Jennifer, for your (laughs) subjects, your themes. It's not really a question, but for, um, giving us lots of things to talk about and think about. And uh, just a reminder, if you have a question, you can ask me anything in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash Girl Scout Podcast, or you can send me an email, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get to as many questions as I can. All right. I'll talk to you soon. See you next week.